Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that the average size tree produces enough oxygen in one year to keep a family of four breathing? Our guest today is the founder and managing director of Gumbuk, a social enterprise dedicated to raising awareness among the local communities on sustainability and green living. She's also the founder of the only tree planting initiative of the GCC Give a Gaff Tree Planting Program. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Tatiana Antoelli Abella. Thank you very much for having me. You are most welcome. Tatiana, how did your sustainable journey actually start? Well, it started, I would say, 11 years ago when I had my second child and I could read around the newspapers or on the internet about, for example, not giving plastic bottle milk to children. And uh, I wondered why. I did some research, found out about, you know, BPA-free plastic and... (laughs) When you find out about BPA, you find out about all the other chemicals that are in the plastic. I felt really bad for my first child. I used to, you know, put the water in the plastic bottle, put it in a microwave, heat it. And I didn't realize that by doing that three, four times a day, I was actually just, you know, pouring chemicals into his water or his milk or his food. And that for me was a shocker. The impact I had on on my children's from day one I decided to change that as a mother. And because I started becoming more aware, I've never been a tree hugger. I've never really been into, you know, the consciousness of of nature and how important it was. I gave it for granted. I grew up in Italy and in France where there's a lot of nature, beautiful, you know, natural reserves, parks, lakes, and I I gave it for granted. So when, when I came here and I didn't see all that greenery and I realized that, you know, I had an impact first on my children's life, but then on my surroundings. That's where I became, let's say, conscious about my actions. And, you know, when you start doing something, somehow the universe connects you to other people. And I met an incredible lady at that time. She was working uh, for the American government in, um, in Iraq, in Afghanistan. She manages military camps and big you know, infrastructures. And What is at the base of that is, you know, water management, food management, and waste management. And in all this, it was interesting to see how in a microsystem such as, you know, 3000 military, for example, she had to manage water. And the water aspect really interested me because there was no access to water in the middle of the desert, let's say in Iraq or in Iran, or sorry, in Afghanistan. And uh, they had to survive on, on gray water and sewage water. And so we started talking about filtration systems and how she was using this incredible technology whereby they were pumping the sewage, treating it, and giving out drinking water. For me, that was really 
important to realize how you could, you know, uh, reutilize something such as sewage, which is considered waste, as a resource. And at that time in the UAE, we were facing humongous numbers of construction, so many people into town, and somehow the infrastructure in the UAE was not ready for such amount of, of people. And the sewage was being a problem. There was not enough infrastructure. They were in Dubai, I think, only one or two sewage plants that would treat the water, which ended up into, you know, trucks lining up for two, three days in order to bring the sewage wow. into these sewage plants. And some of the drivers of these trucks were actually feeling sick because of all the vapors and having to stay in line three days with no food and sometimes no water. And the consequence was that these drivers would end up saying no more and would dump the sewage in the sea. Wow. And so terrible impact on the marine environment, uh, big problem also for tourism. And I remember Dubai had to close the beaches for, I think, a week or two. How many years back was that? Because, I mean, you've this been here around, for some time. Yes, 14 years. This is my 14th year. Uh, that was, I think, around 10 years ago. Okay. And that's how I realized that the technology this friend was using in the military camps was perfect to bring it over here and maybe use it for all the labor camps. And so this is how I started. I wanted to bring the technology, allow the owners of the labor camps, you know, to treat the sewage inside and reuse the water, maybe not for drinking, but, you know, for showers or even for agriculture. At the same time here, agriculture was booming in Alain. We know Alain is the green emirate, yeah. or the green city of the, of the UAE because of the agriculture and the water they had. But because of this overuse of water, that there was no more water underground. So it was a great opportunity linking, you know, the treatment of the water into agriculture. Plus, it's a very rich water because exactly. it's coming from, from sewage. And so this is how I started. And many friends and people were asking me why and, and what was going on. And apart from water, they were asking about waste, how they could recycle. And we decided to create a Facebook page called Green Hands Dubai, uh, <laughs> putting the information there about where they could recycle. That recycle was really happening. So I actually went and visited recycling plants to see how they were sorting by hand. But actually it was happening. And to, be, to give a bit more confidence to you know, UAE residents that, yes, your recycling is happening. Maybe not with all waste management companies, yeah. but it was good to know that a few were doing the right thing. And I thought it was a good thing to highlight the efforts. And then we were highlighting organic farming, which was just starting. At that time, there was Elena Kinan with Organic Greenheart. She was starting the first organic farm here. So it was an incredible experiment to, you know, grow organic produce in the desert. Exactly, and in that sand and everything. And just for crazy birds, she was actually on the podcast as well, a few episodes. So I'll link that up for you guys as well to tie in with this and the organic farms. Yes. So. She was one of the first, you know, green birds, are you, as you <laughs> would say here in Dubai. And we were a very small community, I would say maybe... 20 people trying to, to do something and, wow. and to raise awareness about going green and, and, uh, and the UAE. And that's how then Green Hand Dubai became Goombook. So an, an online platform with a green business directory where companies could list for free 
but also news and information about how to make a difference here in the UAE. Because at that time, 10 years ago, when you would talk about, you know, reduce energy uh, consumption, reduce water consumption, everything online would lead you to Europe or to the States. Nothing was actually related to exactly. the, the region. So to, to actually reduce energy, they would um, talk about heating, not about cooling. <laughs> um, so it was interesting to actually relate it to the local population and, and people felt more engaged, I would say, in the conversation. Yeah, definitely. And I feel, you know, a lot of people, especially if you've never been to the UAE, it's an amazing city. We are going ahead, like, I don't know how many miles an hour we're going, just like trying to implement stuff. So when it comes to things like what you've just said, you know, so many of the other European countries and even in the US, you know, they are miles kind of ahead of us because the UAE is such a new and young country, but they are definitely getting to that point where, you know, at some point we're going to have like the opening, I think it's next year of Bia's new headquarters and Sharjah. And that's just going to be phenomenal as well. And that will be to the standards of the stuff that you'll see in like New York and um, Sims facility. And so that's quite cool and really interesting. And one of the other things that I found with you as well that you guys has done is obviously your give a gaff tree planting program. And that is the only one in the GCC, I believe. So would you mind telling us a little bit about that as well? No, of course. So when we started Goombook, we realized that, uh, again, people didn't feel there was something to protect here. They didn't connect to nature locally. Also, the main problem, I think, is because we have a transient population. So mm. people would come here for a couple of years and think, who cares? You know, I'm here. It's not really my it's home. It's not my home. Exactly. I'm not. Why, why should I recycle? Why, why should I make an effort? Yeah. I'll do it when I go back home without the consciousness of what we do locally has a global impact. And so we thought, what could be one thing that would make people connect with nature? And we decided to create a tree planting because around the world, what people really like to do at all ages is, is to plant trees. I remember yeah. myself planting trees with my father when I was, you know, three, four years old. And it's a beautiful experience and really makes you connect with your surroundings. And at that time, just recently, the GAF tree had just been declared the UA national tree, uh, tree thanks to a campaign led by the WWF in um, collaboration with the Abu Dhabi government. So we found our tree <laughs> and the GAF tree is the symbol, I would say, of surviving in the desert, is a tree that doesn't need any attention, any water. It has three different ways to gather water through the roots, through the trunk, through the leaves. And it's part, I would say, of the heritage of the UAE. People lived under the tree, would get protection from it, would get food from it, would feed their stock, their camels. They would make medicinal out of the gaff tree. It's such an integral part of, of living in the desert that it, it makes it a beautiful story for people, you know, to come visit us, plant seeds or trees and get connected not only to the environment, but also to the UAE and and how beautiful it is to live here and how beautiful and rich is the desert as an ecosystem. So actually now we call it the living desert. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It's a really alive and full of, you know, plants and flowers and trees and animals. It's just that being a desert, they live hiding or they come out at night when it's cooler. 
Exactly. It's just a different way of seeing things. Oh, wow. And I mean, when it comes to tree planting as well, one thing that I can't stress enough is that please don't go to any like nursery and just pick up the most prettiest tree and think you're going to plant it in your garden. Really do your research because, you know, the gaff tree is such a success in the desert because that's where it needs to be grown. You know, so if you're going to plant gaff tree, I don't know, maybe in the middle of Florida where it gets loads of rain, it might flourish, it might not. But, you know, the same is if you plant different trees in the environment that it's not meant to be planted, it's either going to use all of the water that is meant for everything in that area. So it's really, really so important to just stick with indigenous plants. And, you know, by you guys emphasizing the gaff tree, it's it's really phenomenal. So, yeah. And how many of these trees would you guys say have you actually planted? So this is a very good question because actually I think we planted more seeds so far than trees. The reason being that when we raised awareness about gaff trees 10 years ago, the trees were not available in nurseries or if you want to purchase one, it wasn't available. Uh, you had palm trees and all sorts of you know exotic trees, but not the gaff. So we decided to go out, get the seeds. So we would get them ourselves in the desert during the summer. That's when the seeds are, are ready. We also got support from uh, EPAA, which is the Environment and Protected Areas Authority, and from uh, Environment Agency Abu Dhabi. They both have seed banks, so they give us the seeds to start the program. We've been seeding, I would say, so far over 30,000 seeds. Wow. Yes. We have them grow in our nurseries. The success rate at the beginning was very low because we had never done this before. I'm not an horticulture person. <laughs> I studied architecture. So for me, it was a, a new thing. And the gaff tree, hadn't, we didn't have any KPIs. So we had to go to universities and to talk also to Bedouins in the desert to understand what were the best practices, how they would, you know, grow the tree. And we found out that the way we started was wrong. We were using, you know, cocoa peat and fertilizer, trying to give it the best chance to leave. Oh, wow. And actually, we were wrong. The tree is a desert tree and the only thing it needs is sand. All the right elements and nutrients are in the sand. And the day we actually switched our success rate went up from 10% to already, you know, 30%. But still, we, we had a lot of, you know, trials and, and errors. And I would say now, finally, we have a good success rate of 50%, 60%, which is amazing compared to the wild, where only one seed out of 5,000 become a tree. Wow, yeah. I mean, that's phenomenal. Jeez. Yes, that's incredible. And you guys started how many years back? Almost tree? 10 years. Oh, wow. Yes. That's amazing. So in the 10 years, you almost planted a whole forest here. In, <laughs> yes. in a the, virtual in the forest. Den yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. So how can we actually get involved with planting trees with Give a Gav? So there are different ways. The first one is to go on our website and uh, you can uh, plant your own seed, one, 10, 50, as many as you want, and you will receive a certificate, which is really nice. We, in these years, we've seen so many different reasons for people to plant trees, either for birthdays or for, you know, wedding anniversaries. Another very emotional uh, reason is when people pass away. Yeah. An important thing to do, and, and actually when, when these people contact us because they want to plant a tree for their deer, we invite them and we want to meet them personally and, and we make them plant themselves, you know, the tree or the seed. Oh, wow. And it's a very, 
very emotional moment, and I think it's important to to do it as a gesture. It's it gives to your heart the feeling that you're putting on earth something that will last forever. So this is from indi an individual perspective. We also organize community plantings once a year, so when you can sign up, and once we are able to organize it and we get the sponsorships. We invite everyone to come. You can come with your families, with your friends, and it's a beautiful day out. Otherwise, we work with companies, so it's more of a team engagement, team building experience. We've done from 10 employees up to 500 employees. Wow. <laughs> and it's lots of fun, very, very engaging, and, and people don't realize when they come, they think, oh, what am I doing here? You know, I'm coming to plant a seed or five seeds or 10 seeds, they don't really get it. Yeah. But first we do the awareness session about the tree and the desert and the UAE, and then they get to plant the seeds. And it's really hard work. You know, you have to fill the pots, put the sun, and usually it's really hot outside. So it becomes really a good uh, way to have fun with the team and collaborate to, you know, fill the biggest amount of pots. And, and then we work with schools. And for schools, we either have educational programs around the, the gaff tree. So it's something that can take like two to three hours. We go into the school in partnership with another education company. Or we have a partnership with Electrolux. So Electrolux will actually take the whole thing to the school. And it's a whole morning and we get up to 800 children to actually be able to plant seeds. And it's all under, under Electrolux sponsorship. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, you guys have already done so much with education, with planting the trees. What would you say is next now for like Give a Gaff? Well, for Give a Gaff, it's always evolving also because we get so many different requests. You know, the last one we got was for 700,000 trees to be planted like in wow. a month. <laughs> <laughs> and that one we had actually to say no because it's not sustainable. We're still, you know, it's still a desert. Yeah. And even if the Gaff tree is a desert tree, 700,000 Gaff trees uh, would not be a sustainable move. No, um, no, not at all. <laughs> it would have a, a quite a, a big environmental impact, I would say. So sometimes we have to say no. For the GAF, the next step would be to maybe have parks and, and, and convert these parks into ecotourism attractions for people, you know, to come in, have their picnic uh, or have their day out, but also learn about the desert. Mm -hmm. I think our main focus as Gumbuk is always, you know, awareness for people to understand where they are and, and the importance of, of what's around. So I would like to see bigger areas given by the government and dedicated to parks, reserves, to engage with the local population and make them understand and protect and conserve their own land and ecosystem. So. We're open. <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, that sounds fantastic. And in the beginning of the episode, you told us about the whole water, how wh what got you started here so other than give a gaff and, you know, Gumbuk, so part of that is also you've got your Drop It program, which is brilliant. Would you mind sharing with our crazy birds a little bit more about that as well? Yes, of course. So as I said, Gumbuk is, is a social enterprise and we launch campaigns in order to engage with the population. So each campaign has a different topic. The Give a Gaff, of course, was the first one. We talk about nature, but then we talk about water conservation and how the water is produced locally. So huge energy consumption related to water and also the marine environment, because when you desalinate, it has a big impact 
on the sea. But again, when we were planting, I was frustrated with all the plastic and the waste we would find in the desert. And sometimes the tree planting would be, you know, converted into first cleanup wow. to clean the area out of mainly plastic bottles. So four years ago, we said no more. You know, we need to, to get people on, to understand the, the impact they have when they throw a bottle in the desert. It's great to go camping. It's great to experience life in the desert, but come on. We need also to be mindful of, of what we do. The focus wanted to be plastic pollution, but how do you approach the community talking about pollution? You know, you can't go there and talk about something that is not related to their daily life. And we cannot always show images of dirt and, and animals dying in the desert because that puts people off. Yeah. And honestly, in the population, maybe 10% will care about the animals and nature. So we decided to give it a different twist. We launched the Drop It campaign, like drop the habit of single-use plastic by focusing on the health benefits. For people to understand that when we consume water out of a plastic bottle, there's actually an impact on our health. What happens to the water that has been so long inside a, a plastic bottle of water? There is a contamination. And especially um, in this heat, like, you know, with the water being trucked everywhere as well. Exactly. I mean, uh, the, the water, the bottles can go from a 20 degree storage area, then in a truck up to 50, 60 degrees sometimes inside the truck, then back into a supermarket then back into your car <laughs> and then back into your fridge. So the bottle goes into, you know, releasing more chemicals into the water. And this can happen anywhere in the world because uh, you just need a two degrees difference temperature for the plastic to start releasing the chemicals. We're talking about very little amount of chemicals. We're not talking about huge quantities, but still the main problem I think in, in the Middle East is that water is consumed in plastic 24-7. So mm -hmm. we have a plastic bottle in our car, one in at home, one in the office, one at in the gym. Our kids go to school and drink plastic bottle of water. So it's the constant. Constant intake of the water or cons yes. consuming the of the water. Consumption yeah, consumption. Of, of, of the constant consumption of this kind of water is the problem. Exactly. And that is now scientifically linked <laughs> through different studies to infertility, hormonal disruption, even cancer. So children and babies have been found in already inside their mom's wound, already intoxicated by chemicals that wow. are found in plastic. Recent studies said that we consume every week an amount as a credit card of plastic. And this is because in the manufacturing of the bottles, Already there are microplastic in the bowl. So when you fill it with water, already you mix it with microplastic that you're going to, you know, drink. Exactly. Uh, microplastic have been found in our feces. And this is actually the proof that it stays it's into inside, our gut, into yeah. all our, and in our flora. And that's where we get our health. You know, our immune system is actually wow. based on the health of our intestinal uh, flora. So... It's something that as a mother or as a person who cares about being healthy, I, I, I think we need to share this information. Definitely. And as crazy birds <laughs> would care about the turtle and the dolphin and all the animals that suffer from single-use plastic pollution. But honestly, that I don't know anyone, 
anyone so far that when we talk about health would say, I don't care. They yeah. might say, I don't care about the turtle, but they will never say, I don't care about my son or, or my family or myself. Yeah, exactly. So health is definitely a very important aspect of the Drop It campaign. We started in a very shy way because still it's, you know, a difficult topic, especially when you are in a, in a country where at the moment, or it's not anymore, but three, four years ago, it was nobody would think about drinking tap water. Yeah. You know? So to raise awareness about that as well. So not only that water in a plastic bottle shouldn't be your everyday to go water, but then that you can drink from the tap, putting exactly. a filter was another big <laughs> topic. Wow. Uh, and barrier. People would say, come on, for years you've been telling us not to drink from the tap. And then suddenly the tap is good. Well, yes, the government has been spending millions into producing an amazing quality water. And actually, all the local waters are tap water. If you read the label, it says pure drinking water or bottled water, which means tap water. So why are we drinking tap water? Yeah, paying a like a thousand <laughs> times <laughs> more. for the price. And yeah, that's... You that's have insane. it out of your tap and it's much more healthier for you. There might be, you know, some residues from the pipes, uh, the pipings or some sand, and that can be all removed by a filter. Exactly. Uh, so you will actually save money. There are so many benefits. You, you will be healthier, you yeah. will save money. You won't have all those plastic bottles around your house. If you use the gallon, you're not going to have to every day, you know, oh, yeah. do that. <laughs> and also when, you know, sometimes you do consume more water than other days. And I mean, now we've, we've got the fitness challenge going on as well. So everyone's drinking water. Like the, the worst thing I experienced was when we were still drinking these like gallons, you know, that you had to put on the machine. And then when you see, oh, it's running low and the guy's only coming Monday, like, yes. you know, you have to space it out. So now like that worry is taken away. I just go to the tap and I, I can have an unlimited amount of clean water to drink, which is fantastic. Exactly. So this is how we started the campaign. The main focus was to actually raise awareness to the big companies here because they have access, you know, to their employees and they always want to create awareness within their office. So it was the perfect match, talking to big companies, make them aware that they could, you know, remove all that waste. You know, when you go to multinationals to store all the water oh. that needs to be given to their employees on a daily basis, it's a, it's a real estate value. They yeah. have full rooms with the uh, full bottles and then another full room with the empty bottles that need to be picked up. The day they put a filter, all that space is free for something else. Secondly, they used to spend a lot of money on that. They will invest into filters, but within a year, usually, all the investment is paid back. So, ooh, money in the pocket <laughs> that they can reinvest into CSR, put it in the CSR budget or, you know, or just save it. And then the awareness done to the employees, for the employees to, to understand that this is not only to save money and space and waste, but also for their health. Exactly. That is the best thing to do. And this is how we started. And then big offices, and then we had hotels approaching and we were very, very excited because our first hotel was with the Jumeirah Group in Sadiat Island. And the whole hotel is plastic free because Sadiat is 
a very special ecosystem. It's uh, on the sea where you have beautiful turtles that come every year to nest. So to build their hotel, you already have a lot of, you know, regulation and restrictions. So for the hotel, for them, it was a priority to make sure they wouldn't produce waste. And so the fact that they could install a bottling plant inside the hotel, filter all the water and put in all the rooms glass bottles with filtered tap water was a huge win. And not only that, then they installed filters and dispenser on the beach. So when you get into your room in the hotel, you will have the bottle water for your use in the room, but then they will give you a reusable bottle to take with you to the beach or to the pool and refill. And these refill machines actually will give you cold sparkling or oh, wow. still water. So very fancy. Sorry. Yeah, very fancy. Yeah, and That's no plastic amazing. anywhere. And, and that was an amazing initiative with great vision from the group, you know, to, to decide to go ahead with it. Exactly. It took two years almost to do wow. it. But we were very proud to, to have been able to collaborate on this. That's and now we're the, the Jebel Ali group is uh, launching their new hotel. So five hotels, all plastic free. Wow, that's fantastic to see. And I mean, it's something that people here thought would never have happened. And you guys are clearly proving that, you know, things like this can make a difference and can actually make a change. So you've got, you've got your Goombook, you've, oh, well, you've got Goombook, which is Goombook. (laughs) And then you've got Give a Gap, you've got Drop It. What other campaigns or, you know, work do you guys do with Goombook? Yes. So we try to cover different topics. We are now, we've launched Drop It Youth. So it's a specific campaign to raise awareness amongst the younger generations and to make them feel they can act and be part of it. We're launching now Eat It or Save It, and it will be a campaign dedicated to food waste. So how we can you know, help reduce it from the moment we purchase food oh, to wow. the way we conserve it, to the way we cook, down to how at the end, we can manage the, what we have and maybe compost it. We're launching as well a social campaign called Fair Care. And this one will be more focused on helping people with less than 3,000 dirham salary per month to be able to have free dental care. And so this is a call to you know, action to all the clinics to give pro bono time and help people in need. Yeah, so for now, these are the coming up campaigns. Oh, wow, that sounds fantastic. We'll be definitely looking out for that on your new website. (laughs) So Tatiana, what would you say has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? I would say to eliminate all plastic from our family life. Awesome. It feels good as a mother to know that I'm not intoxicating my children. It feels good that I'm not sending all that waste into landfill. It feels good to to be responsible about not using such a resource as plastic because plastic is a very resourceful and important material that can be used, you know, to go up into the space. (laughs) But to use it for single use is a shame. Use so much water to produce plastic. Just a bottle, a one liter bottle Plastic needs three times the amount of water to produce that bottle, mixed, of course, with petrol and and chemicals. What happens to all that water? It ends up into a landfill. And when you think about water in the world today, such a precious element, and we use it for single-use plastic production. And then also to recycle that, that also takes up 
so much water. A lot. And also what people don't understand is that recycling plastic is, is not a solution. Plastic can be recycled two, three times maximum. Then polymers lose their exactly. properties and it will end up in landfill anyway. So it doesn't make any sense to recycle plastic or to believe in a future recycling plastic. And it started 10 years ago. So if I had to, you know, multiply all the <laughs> bottles that we saved as a family, we're very proud of that. That's amazing. And now we are going to move into our final five. And the first one is, what is one social media account or publication that you follow? Uh, right now, I'm obsessed with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Cool. I really like what they do. <laughs> and what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? I would like to see populations coming together and, and with governments and companies as a collective effort. I, I really believe that if there is a way forward, it's through collective effort. Definitely. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? Consume less. Whatever you're doing, just buy less. If you see a nice t-shirt, think twice. Do I really need that t-shirt? If you see something that you don't need, just don't buy it. I think we need to just go for less. That this is the 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 best way we can already make a difference without spending any money and without actually changing our lifestyle too much. But just less is more for sure. Definitely. And to drop it, drop all those bad <laughs> habits, of course. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? Well, the one I always give when I do the give a gaff awareness, I always ask if they know how much a palm tree needs in terms of water to survive. People would say five liters, 10 liters. And I say, no, it's actually 150 to 300 liters a day of water. And so my next question would be, how many liters does a gaff tree need? You know, and the, the answer is none. So that for me, and I like to see the, the reaction in people's face saying, and they, they get it. There's like, so why are we planting palm trees everywhere? And this is related to the UAE, of course, but we all should try to find out these numbers everywhere we live, you know, try to compare. Facts and numbers are important. Exactly. And Tatiana, where can people actually find you and your organization? Well, now we're rebuilding our websites. Before we had five of them. Now it's all regrouping under Goombook. So anything people would like to, you know, uh, see or learn about us, it's G-O-U-M-B-O-O-K.com. Awesome. And I will be sure to actually link that in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And just keep on inspiring everyone here and all around the world. Same with you. Thank you <laughs> so much. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.